Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. So if you have a Bible with you, I'd like you to turn to Isaiah 53. I want you to, these are familiar passages, and, and, uh, but again, it's sometimes the most familiar things that we stumble over, amen? And so Isaiah 53, 1 and 2 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm or the strength of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. He's talking about the Lord's life, the Lord's, um, the Lord's uh, past when he came to this earth. Although when he wrote this, it was 700 years before Christ would actually come. But he's telling you the kind of life and the kind of, uh, the kind of uh, experience that he would encounter. And uh, he says he would grow up as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. So there'd be this contradiction. There's a tender plant, but it's coming out of a wilderness. You ever, see, you ever see something that was really unusual? You know, like you saw, you ever been in a wilderness and all of a sudden here's this luscious plant or a luscious flower or a blooming tree and you go, well, that looks kind of strange because there's all this dirt. And that's what he says. You're going to grow up as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground, out of a thirsty place. And, and says he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, the beauty of Jesus is not external. The beauty and the attraction of Jesus is not because he, you know, is, is, is externally handsome. It's what it is internally. It's what, it, what, it's what he is, not what he just looks like. We don't know what he looked like. And I know there's lots of different images and visual images of Jesus. But, but he says that there wasn't, it wasn't like he was just this handsome person and our attraction was over his, uh, over his uh, rugged beauty. It was, his, it was something inner, something, uh, something on the inside, not something on the outside, and there's something beyond the surface that we would desire of him. So he's kind of explaining to you the life of Jesus. Now I want to set this up because I want you to think about this in light of what we're going to do here today right here in the communion table. Because the communion table represents a certain part of Jesus' life that he experienced. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't what we would call a good experience. It's, there's no way that we would classify this in the life of Jesus as, as something, if we look at it from the surface, we would look at it and we would say, that's awful. Because look at what it says here as you go on in Isaiah. It says, he was despised and rejected by men. So remember, the life of Jesus, when Jesus came unto his own, did, did his own receive him? No, it says that they did not receive him. He was despised. His own people, his own, his own uh, his, even his own family had a difficulty with him. His own brother, it took his own brother until well after uh, the, the crucifixion and uh, took some special ministry for his own brother to to get, get it together and come to recognize who Jesus was. And, and so he was despised. He was rejected. When, when we read the account of Jesus, what we see is a man who came and gave love, gave his all, gave his best. And what he got in return was rejection. He got lied about. He got, he got spit on. He got, he got betrayed. You know, he got, he, he, got the, he got the short end of the stick. Amen. 
And so this is the experience of Jesus. He was, notice it's in the past tense too. This is in Jesus' past. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We look at the wounds that he, was, he took in his body, the, the, the nail prints, the, the spear in his side, the thorn in his, in his head, um, and, and all, of the, all, of the, all of the sorrows that accompany these pains. And he was acquainted with grief. He, he grieved over his people and over their rejection. He grieved because when you love well and you're, and you're rejected, it hurts. Can I ask you a question? How many of you can relate to this? That you've, but you've went through some rejection. Even young people, I don't care if you're like 12 years old. Young people today face all kinds of trials and rejections, abuse, grief and sorrow and, and, and hurt and abandonment. And, and it, it, this has no age restriction. It has, it has no, no cultural restriction. It's, it, 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 it applies here in America and on the other side of the world. It, it doesn't matter as, it, because in every culture, in every society, we, we, find dis, we find ourselves being despised, picked on, hated, rejected. Sorrow comes. We suffer losses. We, we get acquainted with grief. Many of us get acquainted at a very early age. And our past is, is riddled, and this, is, this was Jesus' past. This is what he's talking about. And he says, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. You know, here's Jesus. His life is open, and we see in his life as an open book. And he, we, see a, we see love demonstrated. We see love on display, but we, we turned away from it because, because of our rejection many times, our sorrow, our hurt. We just can't, we can't even look and see anything else. Because of what we see in ourselves. It says he was despised and we did not esteem him. We didn't, we didn't really hold Jesus in the right place. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It took me a long years before I recognized who Jesus was. I had to go through a lot of hurt and a lot of rejection and a lot of brokenness through my own life. A lot of addiction, a lot of struggle, a lot of pain, a lot of rebellion. Before I really esteemed him, when we were worshiping here this morning, all I could think about is what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name. Because even while I was rejecting him, he was still loving. He was chasing me. I didn't find Jesus. Jesus found me. I, he wasn't lost. I was. I didn't go running after Jesus. He came running after me. I can't understand that. I can't explain it. I just know, thank God, that he didn't throw me aside and reject me because his whole purpose in going through all of this was so that I could enjoy a relationship as a son with him. Then you hear what the Holy Spirit said to us this morning. Do we really appreciate what it means to be a son, a daughter of God? Do we really appreciate and esteem him for who he is? Because many of us just take this as this is, a, this is just a ritual that we go through every once in a while when we do it in church. But I'm here to tell you 2018 is the year of reset. We're not just doing just rituals here. Everything about this represents what Jesus came to do and what he lived and what he experienced for us. The bread, Jesus, when on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. 
When you eat the bread, you're, you're eating and representing the fact that Jesus was rejected, despised, a man of sorrows. All of his brokenness was so I could be made whole. When I partake of the bread, I'm taking in his wholeness and I'm giving him my brokenness. That's the reset that I need for my life. If I keep living out of my brokenness, what is life going to represent for me? It's like a loop on a tape it just keeps playing the same thing but when I came to Jesus Jesus said take and do this in remembrance of me everybody say remember so you take when you take this you're you're taking it in remembrance of him and then the 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 wine in the cup which this is grape juice so don't freak out but in this in this juice he said this is the this is the new covenant in my blood can you say amen? amen? The covenant, the promise. The promise is so that when, when you come into relationship with Jesus, it's the blood of Jesus that completely deals with our past. The only answer for your, for your past is the blood of Jesus. For it reaches to the highest mountain. It reaches to the lowest valley. The blood that Jesus shed will never, ever lose its power. The power of the blood is that Jesus takes my sin-soaked life and he plies my heart with the blood of Jesus and I walk out in his purity, his righteousness, his forgiveness, my sins forgiven, my life redeemed, my heart restored. Everything passes away and behold all things become new. And so that's the power of the blood. Surely he has borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. You see, Jesus shed his blood. The, the, the blood represents the grief, the sorrow that was in the shedding of that blood. Jesus didn't just go in and, and, and offer his arm and say, here, take out some blood. No, his blood was shed. Like a lamb. A, a bloody sacrifice. He has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, glory to God. He was wounded, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it'll never lose its power. He was wounded for our transgressions. What are our transgressions? That's my past. He was wounded for my past. He was bruised for my iniquities, my past. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We are healed. The healing of my life was because of the blood of the Lamb. Jesus was smitten, smitten, bruised, wounded, chastised. All of that he took on himself so I could take on his healing. And so you see it says, in, it continues on in Isaiah 53, and if you read on there it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. 
Listen, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Is God some kind of masochist, sadist? That it pleased the Lord to bruise him? No. It's, your forgiveness is not based on a feeling, but a covenant agreement. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And so it says, the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the cup and he said, remember, do this in remembrance of me, the covenant that I have shed for you. You're for, you look at over here on the right side, it talks of, this is the thing we, we're, we're on because this is the reset that we need. Listen to me this morning. I feel like the Holy Spirit has been here from the very beginning today because again, some of us need a clear ending to some things in our life. You need a reset. And, it, and, and it's not because you feel it or that your forgiveness, so I, gotta, I don't feel it, Pastor Mike. It's not based on your feeling. It's based on his covenant. He, now listen to this. He took your past so you could have his future. He took your past so you could have his future. He was the seed sown that brought forth much fruit in John 12, 25. It says, except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Why did it please the Lord to bruise him? Because out of his bruise came the healing and multitudes became sons and daughters of God. Because of what Jesus took for you and I. The reason you and I are here today is because of what Jesus did then. I wouldn't be here today without the blood, without the bread, without the life that Jesus lived. He was the seed sown. And when God planted him into the earth, the expectation was he would bring forth many sons and daughters to glory. That he would bring forth many sons and daughters. How many of you... No, though, the devil doesn't want you to feel like a son or a daughter. The devil does not want you to know that you've been, you, you, you've been forgiven, that your past is taken care of. And so in that 12th chapter of John, there's an interesting part right there in that when the, it says the certain Greeks came to see Jesus and they said, we want to see Jesus. Folks, here's the biggest challenge we'll ever face is seeing Jesus, really seeing Jesus. Saul was a murderous killer, and he turned into a martyr all because he saw Jesus on a road called Damascus. I want to see Jesus. And so what we're going to do, this is, this, is, this is station number three this morning. And I started here because I'm going to work my way back because, you see, everything represented in the bread and the blood of Jesus is to deal with our past so God can give us the treasure of his future. Jesus is that treasure who for the joy thereof a man will sell all that he has See, a lot of us think we're going to just slip into heaven. You're not going to slip into heaven. Nobody just slips into heaven. 
You go to heaven because you decide, I'm going to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I'm going to give the lamb who was slain from the foundation the praise that he is worthy to receive. I'm going to make sure the lamb gets the sacrifice that he paid for, and I'm not going to hold back any piece of me. I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give my treasure. Everything that I have, I give it to you, Lord God. This is station number two because in here we're going to put our treasure this morning. Every one of you, when you came in this, this morning, you should have two pieces of paper. Get them out. You should have two pieces of paper. On one piece of paper, I want you to think about what is it that you need to surrender, that you want to give to the Lord, that you want to see done this year in your life. What is it that you want to see God accomplish and and that treasure brought forth into life into you. And I want you to write that down because that rep could represent and should represent a dream. Something that God has dropped into your heart. Something that God has said, I want, you to, I want to do for you and I need to do it for you now. Now don't put something so general in there like world peace. Hello. I'm talking about something that you are asking and are seeking and needing God to do. How about before you ask for world peace, you just then ask God, God, I need peace. I got some things that are troubling me, and God, my dream is to walk in complete peace and trust you with my entire life. Or what if it's, Lord, I have this desire, this ministry, this thing that I'm wanting to do, and God, I just want to put it in here because this is the year I believe you're going to accomplish this. God, I'm, I want to see this dream fulfilled that you gave me a long time ago. I have this yearning in my heart. I want you to write that down because you're going to put that dream, and I'm going to explain to you why that's important in a minute. On the other piece of paper, I want you to get it out, and I want you to... I want you to write the thing that you need to get rid of. See, this would represent the new beginnings. This represents what God is wanting to do for you now. The, the, the new beginnings that, that, that need to be released into your life. This represents the clear endings. We're actually going to start with this station Oh, it's attached. Not anymore. You see what this is? What is this? We're just going to call this the old thing container. I want you to write. I want you to write on that paper the thing. Maybe you need to do it as a snapshot. Think of that piece of paper. I know you're probably not maybe very artistic, but... But I, I was thinking it'd be, it'd be interesting if we, because I'm going to explain something to you in a second about that. And I want you to write the thing that you need to get rid of and, and that, that God's trying to bring a clear ending to your life. And you notice we're not going to put it in here. You know what this is? You know why some of you, 2017 was just like 2016? Because all you keep doing is recycling your old trash. Wow, it got real quiet right there. 
Yeah, because you keep living in your past. You keep, you keep living in the realities of what you see as this is my life and this is just how my lot is, is meant to be. And so you, the hurts that you had doled out to you, you just dwell on them. You, you, everything that comes to you, it sets you down that path because the first thing that comes to you is your past and you recall, you remember what God told you to put away. So we're not recycling any more trash. Listen to me. Every time I say that, I think of that little boy. Forgive me. Listen to me, Linda. Listen to me, church. If you want 2018 to be different than 2017, you're going to have to quit recycling your old trash. Amen. You say, Pastor Mike, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You ask good questions. Because here's the power of forgetting. Everybody say forget. Yes. See, people come to me and they say, well, Pastor Mike, I can't forget. That's not true. <laughs> well, Pastor Mike, I can't get that out of my head. That's not true. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 3, 13, 14. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. The word apprehended means to really lay hold of. In other words, I don't, I don't consider like I've got it all or, and I got it all together. Because some of you, from the, from the way that you do, it's it, 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 because you, don't, you stopped going after God when you felt like you just got your ticket punched to heaven what God wanted to do, though, and wants to do is much more than get you a ticket to heaven. He wants to get you a transformed life. And in that transformed life, he wants you to know that his power is to change you. Because you keep going around the same mountain again and again and again. And so instead of laying hold of God, instead of reaching forward and pressing in, you keep remembering the stuff, the junk, the hurt, the brokenness, the pain, the past. And what God's trying to do is say, put it away, and I want you to forget it. Now see, I looked up that word forget. It's a very interesting word because it doesn't, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's erased from your memory bank Although I believe there's a grace that God has because God would not tell you to do something that you could not do. Isn't it funny the things we choose to remember? How come my wife can't remember where she put her car keys? But she can tell me what I said 30 years ago to the letter. No, seriously, how come... You can't remember some of the goodness of God and God showing up in your life in critical times and showering his grace and his mercy, but you can remember when somebody offended you and you can recall it word for word like it happened yesterday, only it happened 30 years ago. Y'all get quiet all you want. I know it's true. And I'm trying to help you this morning because, you see, people say, well, I can't forget. No, what forget, listen, what forgetting is, is that you choose not to remember. When God says, I will forget your sins, is God forgetful? 
But what he's doing and what he's saying is, I choose not to remember. I make a choice. I will never bring it up again. I'll remove your sins as far as the east from the west and put them in the sea of my forgetfulness. And I choose never to bring it up again. And what God wants to do today, he wants you to take that piece of paper and that thing that has locked you in, locked you out, locked you up. He wants you to write it down, put it in here, and then never choose to bring it up again. See, uh, we've all got plenty of hurts. And I like, you know, what Marilyn Hickey says, what we do with our hurts is we nurse them, we rehearse them, and then we curse them. We nurse them, rehearse them, and curse them. How about today we just put them in a hearse and hearse them out of here? Forgetting those things which are behind. In other words, I choose not to remember my past. Why? Because my past has nothing to do with where I'm going. My past has nothing to do with what God has set me forward into. My past has nothing to do. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I have done some things that I shouldn't have done. But God says, I will remember your sins. I put them in the sea, and I need to put them in there, and I need to let them go and put my eyes on where I'm going, put my eyes on where I'm, I believe God has taken me, and quit living out of the garbage can. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. So when you bring this here too, I want, I want you to bring your offering in this box right here today. We, you know, we, we do it a different way, I know. I'm just messing everything up. That's what I do. Because here's the thing too, some of you need a reset in your finances. Yeah, because you've been living in a death cycle and living out of lack and a spirit of poverty for years. And the reason is because you keep living out of a garbage can, doing what you've been doing, and you keep getting what you've been getting. Today, we're going to break those curses. The Bible says, bring it to the Lord. Bring your offering. Bring your tithe to the Lord and see if I won't open the window of heaven and pour out a blessing. And there won't be room enough to receive it. And I'll take away the curse from you. Man, amazing things are happening around here for people who are stretching their wings and being generous in their, in their lives. It's amazing. I, I, I wish I had time to tell you a couple of stories, but I don't. We're going to get to this. So when you bring your, you bring your slip in here of where God's taking you, because this, look at this, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You see, are you really reaching for something different? Are you really reaching for a breakthrough? How many of you want a breakthrough? Amen. The breakthrough does not depend on Jesus. Because Jesus already paid the price for your breakthrough. The breakthrough depends on you reaching forward to those things which are ahead and press. Everybody say press. I press. I seek. I search 
toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we're going to start right from this side. You're going to drop your paper that you need to forget, and I want you to write it down, and when you put it in here, you're never going to bring it up. You choose not to bring it up again. You bring the second paper, the dream, the thing that you're reaching forward to, and you're offering, and you drop it in here, and then I want you to walk over here, and there'll be some people here to help you take communion. I want you to realize that when you're taking the bread, and you're taking the, the, the cup that you're setting yourself in agreement that 2018 is going to be the year. I have waited, I have prayed, I have sought, I have asked God, why wait another year? Why wait another day? Why wait another minute? God is ready to meet you today. And as you, here's, here's I got to do this. Where did I do this? I was reading this article. Wow. Three things you must do. I got to explain something to you. I'm about to get beside myself, which I'm really good at. Three things you must do. Identify what you need to forget. Maybe there's a who on. Maybe there's a person. Listen to me, church. Maybe there's a person on there. You need to write their name on it because you need to forgive them in order to forget them. You say, Pastor Mike, forget them? Well, forget what they've done to you. So you need to write who or maybe what it was. What did they do? Identify it. Where did it happen? You, you just need to identify it. Get it done. Write it out. And then number two, what really bothers you about it? What was it? Write it down. Now, here's, here's what I wanted to get to, number three. The ritual release. You see, I was reading this thing. It's, it's amazing to me. So this was a scientific article done by a brain scientist, a secular brain scientist, not even a believer. And that's where I got this, this word, wording, ritual release. I love it when science backs up scripture and they don't even know it. Remember every time God did something insignificant in the people's lives, he had them do something ritualistic. Hello? Remember when Israel crossed over Jordan? What did God tell them to do? Build this little thing here with 12 stones. This is a ritual. And then he said, every time, I want you to remember. Remember where the Lord has brought you from. Every time God did something significant, there was a ritual release in something that he ordered. I could go through many places in scriptures, the altars that he had built, the, the sacrifices that were offered after the flood, after uh, Jacob had his encounter with the angel when he was about to die at the hands of his brother. But God intervened because Jacob pressed in and said, God, I won't let you go until you bless me. Come on, church. This doesn't depend on him. It depends on how bad you want to see something broken off of you. You want to see something set free from. Because Jesus has done everything he could do for you. He's waiting on you to say, here it is, God. I'm coming through this. I'm going to stand in this because the breakthrough has been bought and paid for for me and he who the son sets free is free indeed I'm really I'm telling you I'm going after it I know I said Pastor Mike you need to calm down no I'm sick and tired of encompassing this mountain again and again and again I made a decision 
that 2018 is not going to be 2017. I'm going to tell you something. 2018 hasn't been all that great of a start. And the devil's been throwing everything he could and everything he can. And yet I watch the goodness of God just keep unfolding like a napkin. The manifold goodness of God. There's many folds to it. Yes, it, it's, sometimes it's beyond my explaining. But I just watch God just keep working, keep talking, keep speaking, keep releasing, keep prophesying, keep moving. And you see, that's the thing I'm telling you. Here, here's, what's, here's where we're going, folks. We're crossing over. You want to go with me? Then it's time. For a ritual release. You say, this is all silly. Yeah, maybe. Marching around a wall was silly. Going out into a battle with a pitcher and a hammer. That's silly. Going to fight a lion with the jawbone of an ass. That's silly. Going out and facing a giant with a stone and a sling. That's silly. Putting a worship team out in front of an army when you're going to meet an army of 150,000 of your enemy. That's silly. Writing this on a piece of paper, that's just silly. Yeah. And God just assured me that today that people are going to get a release and a breakthrough because I'm just bold enough and I'm just... Daring enough to put this out there and say, if you'll take a risk with God, God will meet you. Because if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. You may be a young person and you may be broken and hurting and you are putting on a front and you're smiling like it's all good and well and your heart is bleeding on the inside. Today is a day of release for you too. Today it's a release for some of you married couples. You need your marriages reset. You need to come as a couple. You need to walk through this together. You need to write on your paper all our old marital junk, gone. Our new promise to be one in Jesus, done. God, we're going to seek you together. We're going to find a renewing in our life and our relationship. It's either that or your marriage is going to go to hell. Some of you have such brokenness in your heart. You've been so hurt. You've been so broken. People have taken advantage of you. People used you. People betrayed you. People spit in your face. Some of you are carrying abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, even physical abuse. And today, God says, I want to do a ritual release in your life. I want you to write it down, and then I want you to forget those things which are behind. And I want you to press into what I have in front of you. Because right here, God says, I'm going to show you the, the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you ready for that this morning? I'm going to ask the, usher, uh, the worship team to come and get ready. I want you to get ready. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask some of the prayer team to get over here. And after we do communion... We're going to be over here and we're going to pray for people. Not, we don't have, we, we need to keep moving here. I don't want you to leave. Please do not leave. Listen to me. Please do not take this. Oh, this is my time to go. Hold on, folks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Oh, you're, you're here. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought y'all were getting ahead of me. Uh, sorry. We didn't rehearse this. They didn't know what I was up to. Had people ask me, what's all this about? I said, I don't know. Not sure. Have we ever done this? No. Have I ever done this? No. I've never done it. But you know, I've decided 2018, I'm going to do a lot of things I've never done. Because I'm going to walk into some things I never walked in. Are you with me? I'm tired of just sitting back and being in the status quo. I want you to bow your heads with me. Bow your heads, would you please? Now, so when I say ritual release, see here today, I want you to understand this is more, so, so much more than just a ritual. But this is where I think God wants to meet you in some letting go and laying hold of. You got to let go to lay hold of. You got to say goodbye to say hello. You got to put an end to some things to get a beginning. Father, I ask you to move here this morning. There's some people here today, God, that need a release. They need a release, God. They need a release. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.